Hello and welcome back to Trennis Magnus, Jab's Reality, presented by Two True Freaks. I'm your host, Magnus, and it's really not much of a secret for me to say that I am, or at least at one point I was, uh, an admirer of the DCEU. And specifically, what I enjoyed were Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, right? The other DCEU movies, such as Suicide Squad, maybe I could take or leave them. Or in the case of other DCEU movies, such as Justice League, I don't really have a whole lot of positive things to say about them. So, all in all, it, it would probably be fair to say that I've got a sort of a complicated relationship with the DCEU, right? And I don't think that's going to be breaking news to very many of you. But one of the things that's come out, actually there have been many things that have come out um, on, uh, uh, by Zack Snyder on Vero, the social media platform Vero. See, for those of you who don't know, what happened was a bunch of fucking assholes ended up chasing Zack Snyder off of Twitter, and he ended up uh, uh, taking refuge on Vero. Now, because Zack Snyder is not an Asian woman who starred in a Star Wars movie, he doesn't really get a whole lot of sympathy for getting chased off social media networks. So there really wasn't a whole lot of attention that was paid to the fact that he set up shop on Vero. But one of the side effects of him uh, joining up with Vero is that primarily fans, by which I mean admirers of his work, have had a chance to just kind of trade messages with him on, I guess what you might say is a little bit more of a small scale, kind of intimate uh, sort of environment, right? And so he's really dished a lot of stuff on Vero. And so I thought, you know, being as most of this stuff hasn't really made it into uh, the movies, or for that matter, really a whole lot of, uh, I guess, the wider lexicon, it might actually be kind of fun to work our way through some of this stuff and talk about some of the things that Snyder had uh, planned or intended or just whatever that haven't really been developed and at this point there's no reason to think that they ever will. So uh, I found this list on comicbookmovie.com and because everything has to be fucking clickbait these days, the title of this story is Every Shocking Man of Steel, Batman v Superman and Justice League Reveal from Zack Snyder on Vero. So, with a douchebag title like that, you would expect to have a lot of douchebag content in the body of this story, but, my friends, you would be wrong. There's actually some really interesting uh, stuff that's in here, and so we're going to just work our way through this. I, I don't know as I want to go so far as to say it's going to be piecemeal, but, because I am going to, like, combine some of these things together with other things, and, uh... I, I imagine I'll probably have more to say about some things than other things, but anyway, we're just going to work our way through this and just see how things go. So, the first item on the list here is Justice League was supposed to feature the anti-life equation. And basically what came out here is that Snyder's basically, I don't think he's come right out and said, but he's basically suggested that Darkseid, uh, he was basically going to have control over what was kind of, sort of, maybe a little bit evil version of Superman that we saw in the Nightmare sequence in Batman v Superman. 
and that was really going to be the impetus behind all of that, right? Basically, it's all due to Darkseid, right? Not, not just that Superman has kind of fallen under his sway, but specifically this is to do with the anti-life equation. So, that sounds kind of interesting. Uh, next, <clears throat> Lex Luthor murdered his father. And this is one of those things that, I don't know, I mean, I, I thought that the viral marketing for Batman v Superman, it, as much as viral marketing ever tells you anything, it basically implied that, number one, uh, Lex Luthor's dad was Lionel Luthor, and number two, Lex is the reason that Lionel is no longer alive. Basically, that Lex killed Lionel. Shades of Smallville, but yeah. And so, I don't know why, but somehow this came up on Vero, and so Snyder went ahead and confirmed it there. And this is one of those things that, you know, as a Smallville fan, I actually kind of like the idea of Lionel uh, becoming kind of an established part of the, uh, of, uh, the Superman mythos. And basically, Lex Luthor eventually reaching a point where he offs his own father. Right? Actually, I kind of like that idea. Now, for people who hate Smallville, maybe they don't want to see this, like, fully incorporated into the Superman myth. And, I don't know. I mean, you know, maybe it's now is really too soon to say how uh, influential Smallville is going to be when it comes to anything to do with the father of Lex Luthor, whomsoever they that might be. But at least for right now, you know, Smallville showed it. Now, Batman v Superman is kind of predicated on that. So, all around. Kind of interesting. So, anyway. The next thing is, uh, the real Doomsday is still out there somewhere. And, honestly, this is just one of those really retarded developments in the, in the story that I don't understand what this was all about. Because, to me, you know, no matter what was or wasn't done with Doomsday after the storyline called Doomsday, he really is kind of a one-trick pony, right? His sole function in Superman's universe, the, enti the, the entire reason the character was ever created in the first place was to kill Superman. And so now that Doomsday, or I don't know, maybe his cousin, whatever you want to call this creature that we saw in Batman v Superman, now that this creature has in fact killed Superman, it's like, what's left, you know? I mean, where else is there to go? Like, say whatever, just to kind of circle back to Smallville. <clears throat> say whatever you want for uh, about Smallville. They at least saved something for Doomsday. They left something, or maybe even several somethings, on the table for Doomsday, you know? And I, I just, you know, no offense to Zack Snyder, but it's like, I don't understand why I should give a shit about this, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So, anyway... Moving right along, uh, there are some issues to do with, with Robin here. Uh, first, uh, actually quite a few issues actually to do with Robin. Uh, but uh, first up, there is, if I can ever find it on this, yes, here it is. Uh, basically, it's that uh, the uh, Batman v Superman's dead Robin is actually Dick Grayson. And I don't get that. You know, I like... I mean, I understand that, you know, you're making a movie and 
you don't necessarily want to be like completely beholden to the comics because if you're going to be that slavish to the comics, why not just read the comics? You know, why are we making a movie if you're just going to stick so closely to the comics? But for me, this is one of those, this is one of those non-negotiable elements of, I don't know, like my headcanon of Batman. I'm not saying that a dead Robin has to be some somewhere in Batman's background, but if there's a dead Robin somewhere in Batman's background, it needs to be Jason. Not Dick, not Tim, not Stephanie, not, well, I guess I could accept Damien, but whatever. The point is, it does need to be Jason, you know, and the idea of, the idea of it being Dick, to me, what, the first thing that that the first like challenge that raises is why would Batman ever recruit another Robin after that? If his first attempt at a sidekick was murdered, then it's like, why would you take this risk again? Like in comics, in a certain sense, it's actually kind of hard enough to believe that Batman would ever accept Tim Drake. But number one, Tim made a very compelling case Number two, Batman could kind of see where Tim was coming from based upon his own recent actions up to that point. And number three, there was a success story that was available in the form of Dick Grayson. You know, he was relatively happy, he was relatively well-adjusted, and he was very much alive. And, you know, you could more easily chalk up what happened with Jason as bad luck, okay? Any given Sunday. Jason was basically just a bad choice. He was the wrong guy for the wrong job at the wrong time. And he made wrong decisions, you know. But if the only formative experience you have at all with a sidekick is that sidekick getting offed somehow, then why in the hell would you ever take on a second sidekick? A question that we shall be revisiting momentarily. But before we get into that, uh, another kind of Robin-related issue is Robin's motorbike. And basically, somebody with, I can only assume, a giant HDTV noticed that, you know what, there's a rusted-out motorcycle there in the Batcave. And I wonder if that was Robin's motorcycle. And... Snyder confirmed that it was, and I'm one of those people that, look, guys, I hate motorcycles, okay? I hate motorcycles. There was a, there was a, uh, an episode of Trinus Magnus Jab's reality that I doubt is ever going to see the light of day, but basically in it, what I did was I talked about all the people I know that have died, or in some cases just gotten grievously injured, but most of them are dead because of the fact that they were riding around on a motorcycle fucking dead. They, they are not motorcycles, they're murder cycles. Having said all of that, I really like the image of Robin. I might even say specifically Dick Grayson uh, riding around on a motorcycle. I don't know why, like, that makes sense to me. You know? Like, Tim riding around on a motorcycle, I guess I would accept it if it was presented to me, but a motorcycle, to me, that's just not really Tim Drake's scene, you know? I never got the idea he'd be into that, but I can totally picture somebody like 
Dick Grayson really having a strong affection for motorcycles. And so the idea of there being a motorcycle that used to be Dick's in the Batcave, putting aside the fact that Dick Grayson is apparently dead, well, yeah, uh, uh, points for honesty on that one. You know, uh, getting the uh, getting the material right. The next thing, which I think is kind of interesting, and probably the final thing that's related to Robin, Carrie Kelly was going to suit up as Robin in the movie. Now, I'm just going to read directly off. Um, this is comicbookmovie.com. I'm just going to go ahead and read directly off of this thing because I'm not really completely sure what to make of this myself. But basically what it says is, it's not clear when this would have happened, but Snyder has confirmed that the plan was for Carrie Kelly to become the new Robin. She would have presumably joined the Dark Knight in that post-apocalyptic future, something it would have been a lot of fun to see. As of right now, it seems highly unlikely we'll get to see this female version of Batman's sidekick unless Matt Reeves has plans for her. And guys, I mean, this is actually... This is something that I probably would have gotten into. I mean, I'm a big Carrie Kelly fan from way back. And so for me, you know, the, like the idea of seeing her in like a live action movie. I mean, yeah, there is a sense in which she really is a Dark Knight Returns character for me. But, you know, putting aside the fact that we're probably not ever going to have a Dark Knight Returns live action movie, probably not. I kind of like the idea of her being used maybe in a different way, like this um, alternate future, post-apocalyptic future nightmare type thing. I actually kind of like that, you know, kind of like Robin for Thunderdome. You know, that's that's kind of cool. I, so, uh, I sort of like that. Next up um, on the list here, it says he, meaning Snyder, had a secret voice cameo in Batman v Superman, which is wonderful trivia, but I don't care about that. Let's see. Next up, that Russian family was news to Snyder. Again, we kind of knew that Joss Whedon fucked around too much with the movie, so don't really care too much about that. Next, some big hints about Justice League 2 were teased in Batman v Superman. And here again, I'm just going to read directly off the page. In a very cryptic Vero post, Snyder has confirmed that the shot of three crosses in the background of the scene featuring Batman and Wonder Woman standing over a downed Superman and Batman v Superman was a reference to a scene he was planning to film for Justice League 2. Unfortunately, he hasn't elaborated on that, but could it be that he was planning to kill uh, the three heroes and show their graves? And... Um, hmm. I don't know. I mean, that's, that's kind of a fair question, you know, because it does sort of bring to mind, I think it was called Earth 2, but there was a, um, there was a comic book that launched right with uh, the New 52 back in 2011, and I want to say it was called Earth 2, but perhaps my memory is failing me, or maybe it was, uh, ah, fuck, I don't know. Anyway, basically, though, it started off with, uh, Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, as I recall, of Earth 2 basically dying within like the first couple of pages of of the book. And so like the shtick of the title is was going to be that, you know, how the other characters living on Earth 2, I guess basically how they adjust to that, you know, and how they like what's the aftermath, as Wizard Magazine used to say. So, I don't know. I uh, didn't really give a shit about that comic, to be perfectly honest with you about it. Um, that's, I guess that's the new 52 for you. 
But one of the things that I thought was kind of interesting about this is that there was some kind of sort of half-ass, little bit retarded precedent for those three characters just getting offed. So, I don't know. Guess we'll see. Moving right along, next up is Feora Lives. And basically, Snyder, here again, I mean, like his trademark is being vague about it, but his sort of vague explanation is that she is still alive in some capacity or another. Now, that could be comatose, or she could be trapped in the Phantom Zone, or just fucking whatever. But she is still alive on in, in some way or another. And I guess this was... In, like, the, the prospect of this was interesting enough to somebody on Vero that they felt the need to ask Snyder about it. And I guess that was his explanation. Next, and this is actually one of the ones that I found maybe most interesting of all... Um, it's uh, the title of this one is he wanted to make a series of uh, or rather he wanted to make a self-contained series of films and the little descripting uh, descriptive thing here says when Man of Steel was released many many studios still hadn't started obsessing about creating a shared universe I don't know what fucking world these uh, th this writer's living in but anyway many uh, studios still hadn't started uh, obsessing about creating a shared... God, this is so... This is awkwardly phrased. Many studios still hadn't started obsessing about creating a shared universe, so it should come as no surprise to learn that rather than attempting to launch the DCEU, quote-unquote, Snyder was actually hoping to create a self-contained series of movies which would have had a beginning, middle, and end. Presumably... Justice League Part 2 would have been the conclusion. And this is actually one of those things that, to me, it kind of seems a bit like a, a distinction without a difference. Because, look, maybe this was just, you know, fanboy scuttlebutt that was making the rounds on Facebook and elsewhere on the internet back in, like, 2011 when Man of Steel was first announced. But I remember it being sort of just commonly known that what D uh, what Mar geez, I'm fucking up all over the place here. What Warner brothers wanted for DC was something akin to what Marvel studios had done for the MCU, right? Namely create a shared cinematic universe, right? Something that wouldn't necessarily rival Marvel so much as be, I guess like an alternative to it, you know? And I remember that being just, not really all that big a secret, you know? So it just kind of makes me wonder, like, assuming that this is all true and it's right, and we're supposed to take this at face value, I, I, like, how did Snyder not know that? Or why would he have thought that, you know, he was going to be able to do his movies, his way, the way he wanted? You know, I mean, look, again, I like Snyder. I think he did great work with, Batman v Superman and with uh, Man of Steel. But I mean, it's like, you know, dude, you're working with these huge, giant corporate properties and these mega franchises and stuff. It's like, if you think that they're going to give you the keys to everything, I mean, dude, keep dreaming. So anyway, not sure. Whatever. Anyway, I just think that's kind of interesting. But honestly, there is a there is a degree to which we sort of got a variety of different trilogies anyway. You know, or at least it seemed like we would have at least at one point, because Man of Steel 
Batman v Superman, and in a certain sense, Justice League, those basically form a trilogy for Superman, where he arrives on Earth, he makes his big public debut, and then he proves himself to the world. That's a trilogy for Superman. Next, you get Wonder Woman, where Batman v Superman shows her... Uh, basically coming out the other side of a very dark character arc. Uh, the Wonder Woman movie, which came out later, shows her beginning that very dark character arc. And then Justice League kind of shows her making good on all of that. You know? Sounds all right. So there's another trilogy. And then another trilogy that was going on, that was kind of floating around here, or partial trilogy, or just whatever, there was Batman v Superman, where we see basically Bruce Wayne completely crater and lose all hope, all faith, all everything in the human race. Superman's sacrifice inspires him, so in Justice League, he assembles a team and basically tries to pick up where Superman's leaving off and protecting Earth. And then what I assume would have happened is that an Affleck solo Batman movie would have basically put a kind of a ribbon around that trilogy for Batman. Now, just between you, me, and my headset, I seriously doubt we're ever going to see a solo Ben Affleck Batman movie. Prove me wrong, Affleck. But guys, I just doubt that we're going to see it, right? And so... I don't know. And that, to me, is actually kind of a shame because I really do enjoy Affleck in the role. And I especially liked Affleck in the role as directed by Zack Snyder. So it's it's a crying shame we're not going to get more of that, I think. So, anyway. Next up. The mother boxes nearly appeared in World War II. And look, guys, maybe it's just where I am right now in life. I don't know. But it's like... I'm kind of sick of seeing every fucking movie that comes around lately somehow or another tie itself back to World Fucking War 2. It's like, it just gets old after a while. You know, I, it's just, I don't know, call it Nazi fatigue or something. I don't know. It's just, I guess I'm I'm just sick of hearing about all the terrible things that happened, you know, back in World War 2. And, I don't know, whatever. Maybe I'm just being insensitive. I don't know. But I just, I'm actually kind of glad that this, that this thing kind of fell by the wayside in Justice League and we never actually saw it. So anyway, next up, that open pod wasn't Supergirls. Basically, guys, um, in that scene on the uh, Kryptonian scout ship where you saw Clark, you know, just wandering around and looking at those, I don't know what, um, suspension capsules or... Or, 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 you know, suspended animation pods or fucking whatever those things are. As he's kind of making his way, you know, around through there, you saw that one of the pods was open and empty. And a lot of people suggested at the time that the movie came out, you know what? Maybe that was Kara's pod. And by the way, guys, that's how you pronounce that character's name. It rhymes with Sarah, not Mara. The character's name is Kara. Deal with it. So, anyway, and a lot of people were suggesting, hey, maybe this was Kara's pod. And people who were in a position to know assured everybody that no, that was not her pod. You're not likely to see Kara in any of these movies. And 
sometimes, you know, there's this wishful thinking that takes over with fans where it's almost like the attitude is, don't confuse me with the facts. I know what I want to believe, and you shut up, you. So, but yeah, um, so this really shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody that Snyder confirmed, nope, that is not Kara's pod. <clears throat> Excuse me while I get a, sec a, a sip off of my uh, Dr. Pepper here. I'm also going to get a drag off of uh, my e-cig. Alright, so... Moving right along, the next item here is Martha, Kent, and Lois Lane had a bigger role in Justice League, which I don't really care about. Uh, next up, Injustice was very much an influence for Zack Snyder. And honestly, this is one of those things where you kind of have to look at this and think, well, duh. It, I mean, even if all Snyder was doing was just kind of riffing on some of the concepts of Injustice, it still kind of speaks for itself that there's a very heavy influence. But apparently, it goes more than just that. This whole nightmare sequence, that's nightmare with a K, that wasn't just a nightmare, meaning nightmare with an N, and it wasn't a dream or anything like that. This was an actual vision of the future that Batman was seeing. This is what was going to happen. Now, you know, how things might have shaken out with that or, or you know what the end result of it might have been, who can say? Because, let's face it, Snyder is very unlikely to ever get a chance to make that movie and or those movies, so all we can really do is speculate. But what I can say is that, look, you know, storylines where Superman goes evil or else he has his mind controlled and is made to appear to be evil or just whatever... I mean, look, I'm willing to tolerate that in Superman 3. Number one, because he wasn't really all that evil, you know? I mean, he was more of, like, super troll than, you know, uh, like, truly evil, you know, like, supervillain or something like that. So, I don't know. That, I just, I don't think that I need to see a movie where Superman goes bad or is thought to have gone bad or there's something going on. You know, look, it's one thing to, to show that in, in a, a video game like Injustice, or for that matter, it's one—it's even one thing to show that in uh, Superman 3, where, like I say, he wasn't really evil, he was just more like a troll. But what we saw in the nightmare sequence in Batman v Superman, I'll grant that if it's not developed upon at some point in the future, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. But at the same rate, it's like, I don't really think I need to see this, you know? Now... My usual motto is to always trust Zack Snyder, so maybe he would have found a way to make this really cool. I don't know, but I just don't really think I'm going to uh, cry too much that this movie is probably never going to get made at this point, so I don't know. guess we'll have to see. Next, this one says, Henry Cavill wore Christopher Reeve's Superman suit, and why people give a shit about that, I have no idea. In fact, it's so dumb, I'm just going to move on to the next thing. Uh, next up, The Flash was supposed to get a new suit, which is, I don't know, I mean, I guess that's, that's nice to know, but 
you know, I mean, it's again, it kind of goes without saying. I mean, the suit that he wears in Justice League, it just looks kind of primitive to begin with. So it sort of makes sense that there's there's going to be something else coming on the horizon. And I don't know. I mean, like, I, I guess if you needed to have this confirmed. Well, now it's confirmed, but I just I don't understand why this is such a big deal to people. I really don't. Anyway, Mercy Graves may have survived that bombing. Honestly, who gives a shit? No, General Swanwick isn't Martian Manhunter in disguise. And I actually heard that fan theory. Like, I remember that when that first popped up and it was kind of making the rounds. And I remember thinking, you know, that's kind of interesting. And I, and I, and I guess I can kind of see the logic behind that. But I don't know. I just kind of like the idea of the Martian Manhunter coming to Earth and basically going undercover, so to speak, as a cop. I don't know why, but that just, that just kind of adds up for me. You know, I like that. So anyways, moving right along, there's a business with uh, the Cosmic Treadmill. This is actually the last item of business here. Basically, the way that uh, the Flash was able to project himself backwards in time in uh, Batman v Superman, he was using the cosmic treadmill in the future in order to do it. Now, what I think we're supposed to gather from all of that is that the cosmic treadmill, it, at, at the time that uh, the Flash was using it, it wasn't working as well as it will someday. You know, there's going to come a point when it's actually working pretty well and it will actually take the Flash, you know, forward and backward in time, just, you know, whatever it is that he's trying to do. Whereas the, I guess the prototype treadmill that he was using at some vague unknown time in the future, uh, that was more like good for projecting, you know, his consciousness or his voice or just whatever uh, backwards through time uh, to relay a message to Bruce, specifically to head off the future that we saw in the nightmare sequence. And apparently those two things really are related to one another. And here again, I'm just kind of glad that we're not... In a way, I'm kind of glad that we're not going to see that movie. Now, I'm not happy that Snyder is off of these movies, apparently, forever. Okay? Don't really like that very much. I mean, it's the hand I've been dealt, so I, I guess I have to roll with it. But, you know, it's... I'm not really happy so much about that part. But again, a... a a live-action movie version of Injustice or something similar where Superman goes completely crackers and now he's a bad guy or something like that, I just don't really think I need to see that, you know? And based upon exactly nothing, I get the idea that idea was mothballed relatively early on because I can't see um, Superman coming back to life in uh, a Justice League movie as traditional Superman, whatever the fuck that's supposed to mean, only to turn, make a big U-turn and go evil. So what I think happened was that, you know, this whole idea of like some kind of injustice type of thing, maybe that was the plan before Batman v Superman came out, but after Batman v Superman came out, plan changed, and so they were going to do just one Justice League movie, bring Superman back and have traditional Superman and that would have been that. No injustice, no nothing. Now again, to my knowledge, Snyder hasn't really commented on that publicly one way or the other, but over and above all of that stuff, all the quibbles and whatnot that I've made here, one of the things that I really do want to drive home 
is the fact that, you know, it really is a shame that Snyder isn't coming back for any more of these movies, you know? Whether he quit because, let's face it, the fans are assholes, or if he quit because, you know, he really did need to spend time with his family after the tragedy that happened, or if he was fired with extreme prejudice, or just whatever it was that happened, I, I regard it overall as a negative that it happened. You know, one of the things that making my way through this list, you know, and just reading every, all of these different, you know, little tidbits all collected together in one place, one of the things that that kind of illustrated for me is a little bit of the amount of thought and uh, prep that has to go into movies, even if, and maybe especially because, the audience won't be fully cognizant of all of these details that are uh, that are going on in the background. You know, if it like if there's a particular prop, or if you have story beats that you're setting up for the future. You know, the amount of detail and vision that you need to have in order to make a movie like this, it really is staggering. And so. You know, I doubt that Zack Snyder listens to my podcast and and all that, but in the unlikely event that he does, I mean, one of the things I would hope he understands is how much I enjoyed his work and how much I kind of lament the fact that that he's not going to be making these movies anymore, you know, just from a selfish standpoint, right? Never mind the circumstances going on behind the scenes <clears throat> that... uh we may not know the full truth about. I'm just talking specifically and exclusively, really, as a fan, you know, who enjoys his work and wants to see as much of it as possible. It does kind of bother me that that ship has apparently sailed, you know? And again, my heart goes out to him and his family, you know, for what they've been through. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. You know, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy, much less somebody that you know, that I don't know, but nevertheless, who always seemed like just a really cool guy to me, you know? So overall, you know, uh, I'm, I'm really going to miss his participation in these movies. Uh, but at least I've got the, the two movies that, that I do have, you know, man of steel and Batman V Superman. I can watch them whenever I want and it's great. So bottoms up to uh, Zack Snyder, two home runs, man, much appreciated. And that, I think, is pretty much it for me, hopefully for good for the rest of this week. And so I'll talk to all of you next week. See you then. think that's just about the end of that. Trennis Magnus Punches Reality is a proud member of the Two True Freaks podcast network. 
You can find the home for Trentus Magnus Punches Reality on Facebook just by searching for Trentus Magnus Punches Reality. There you can interact with your fellow listeners and also see notifications of new episodes when I put them up. You can friend me on Facebook just by searching for Trentus Magnus, which is spelled T-R-E-N-T-U-S-M-A-G-N-U-S. You can email me and my parole officer at trentusmagnus at gmail.com. Do you have a suggestion for a topic? Feel free to email me, and I might consider thinking about the possibility of potentially discussing whatever you have in mind someday. And that's a promise. Do you have a podcast of your own? If so, why not record a promo for me to play on my show? It's quick, easy, and can help you spread the word about your show. I'm always looking for more promos to play. Keep it fairly short, and yours could be next. My promos can be found at this show's homepage for those interested. Just look for the promos section. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at twotruefreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, Two True Freaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the Two True Freaks at the same time. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. The contents of this podcast are fictitious, hypothetical, and probably completely unnecessary. Any similarity to living persons or real-life events is purely coincidental and void where prohibited by law, some assembly required, batteries not included. The white zone is for passenger loading and unloading only. All models are over the age of 18. Trennis Magnus Punches Reality is a Magnus Media Enterprises Limited production in association with Demonzacor of Milan, Italy. <laughs> <laughs>